Al-Bayan Radio presents the following program presented by Sheikh Muhammad Duar from Masjid Al-Azhar, Bilmo. My dearly respected brothers and sisters, we welcome you back to the Tuesday night lessons uh, after taking the break for the blessed month of Ramadan. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to have accepted everyone's fasting and praying and all their righteous actions that they performed in the blessed month. Before Ramadan, we were going through the part of the book where the Imam Rahimahullah was speaking about the last day, Al-Yawm Al-Akhir. And the last day, my dear brothers and sisters, to believe in it is from Iman. And it is one of the pillars of Iman that we believe in the last day. And in order to believe in the last day correctly and completely, you must believe in everything that Allah and His Messenger وسلم, mentioned that will occur on that day. Every matter from the hereafter that the Prophet ﷺ spoke about, or Allah spoke about, it is obligatory that we believe in all of it. Because Allah said, Ya kafa. O you who believe, enter Islam completely. And to enter Islam completely means to accept everything that Islam came with completely. We do not pick and choose from our deen. And we are not allowed to reject anything that Allah and His Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam have come with. We spoke about the bliss and the punishment of the grave. And this is from Iman. To believe that when we are in our grave, we are either rewarded or may Allah protect us, punished. Because the two exist. And they occur to every single individual. While they are in their grave. And there's no doubt that the mu'min and the mu'mina, they are saved in the grave from the punishments of the grave and all types of hardships. And Allah Azza wa Jal speaks about the mu'min at the time of death where he says subhanahu wa ta'ala يُثَبِّطُ اللَّهُ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا بِالْقَوْلِ الثَّابِتِ فِي الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا وَفِي الْآخِرَةِ Allah will keep firm those who believe. Look, Allah makes them firm with the word that stands firm in this world and in the hereafter. So the mu'min is firm. And Allah makes him firm at the time of death and he makes him firm in the next life. And the Shaykh says, just as they lived upon the firm word, upon true iman, while in the life of this world, likewise Allah Azza wa Jal will make them firm in their graves when they are questioned. That's what it means. To be firm in the akhirah means Allah makes you steadfast in answering the three questions that Munkar and Nakir, the two malaika, come and ask you. 
But if you are not firm on your deen in the dunya How can you answer and be firm in the akhirah? Doesn't work You must be committed to your deen While you are alive In order to be able to be saved And to be firm in the next life And the ahadith, my brothers and sisters Regarding the punishment And the bliss of the grave They have reached the level of mutawatir Meaning They are many narrations Many narrations that speak about the punishment of the grave And the bliss of the grave And the people of the sunnah Ahlul sunnah wal jama'ah Have ijma' on this issue Meaning there's no difference of opinion Regarding the punishment of the grave And the bliss of the grave And the sheikh says That no one Rejected No one rejected the punishment and the bliss of the grave Except the Mu'tazila And the Mu'tazila are the deviant sect That came out in the time of the Salaf And they have many corrupted beliefs and ideologies And the scholars of Ahlul Sunnah Declared them to be disbelievers From their belief Was that they rejected The concept Of the punishment of the grave And the bliss of the grave And likewise the so-called intellectuals of our time There are people who claim to be intellectuals Who reject the fact that there is a punishment And a bliss of the grave And they are a direct offshoot of the Mu'tazila And the reason why they reject it Is because they rule with their intellect They say it does not make sense logically That there is a punishment and a bliss in the grave And they have weak arguments They say if you look at the person in the grave You cannot see it Now subhanallah It's like they do not believe in the unseen And the first thing Allah praised the mu'min in Surah Al-Baqarah Those who believe in the unseen We are a ummah that believes in the unseen Uh, whoever rejects the punishment of the grave or the bliss of the grave No matter what arguments they use is a disbeliever Because they have rejected what Allah and his messenger wasallam came with And whoever rejects a single thing that Allah and his messenger wasallam came with Even if it is a single letter Even if it is a single noun, pronoun Or a harakah they are a disbeliever We are not allowed To reject anything From Allah and his messenger We say sama'na wa ata'na The second thing Which is linked to the hereafter Is the hawd of Rasulullah Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam The hawd my dear brothers and sisters Or what is translated as The prophetic fountain this is the fountain that Allah Azza wa Jal has blessed this ummah with. He has blessed the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and his ummah with this hawd. It is a fountain of water which is in the next life on the day of judgment. <clears throat> and the ahadith establishing that the Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has a fountain are also reoccurring. They are also Mutawatir, meaning there's many 
narrations that speak about the hold. In an authentic hadith, and Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, My fountain, my hold is as wide and broad that it requires a month's journey to go around the all. One month's journey. This is how big the hold of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, which is for him and his ummah in the next life. He said, and its sides are equal. Meaning it's like a square. Its sides are equal in distance. And its water is whiter than milk. Subhanallah. The water of the hold of Rasulullah is more white than milk. And it is sweeter than honey. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, and its odor, its smell is more fragrant than the fragrance of musk. This is a beautiful fountain, subhanAllah, unlike anything you can imagine. Unlike anything you have witnessed or smelt or tasted, it is something different. And it's literally out of this world. He said, and its vessels are like stars in the sky, meaning in number. The number of cups at the hold are like the amount of stars. Allahu Akbar. And you're not going to be waiting in line. Everyone has their turn. The cups are like the stars in the sky. And whoever drinks from it will never feel thirsty after that. Subhanallah. One drink from the hold and you are never thirsty again. Can you imagine, my dear brothers, in a time, because the Hawd, remember the Hawd is not in Jannah. We're still not talking Jannah. We are talking the Day of Judgment. We're talking the stations before you reach the Sirat and then you enter Paradise and may Allah protect us from hellfire. At that time, my dear brothers, there is chaos going to be very hot. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, the sun will be a mile above the heads. Some people, their sweat will be up to their feet. Others, their sweat will be up to their shins. Some up to their chest. And from them is the one gargling in his own sweat. Meaning it's covering him. This is not an easy day. People standing for 50,000 years. And subhanAllah, here you have a hold that when you drink from it, you never get thirsty again. How amazing is this? The Shaykh continues and he says, the Prophet wasallam's ummah will frequent the hold. They will go to the hawd and they will drink from it. But there is some people who will reach the hawd from this ummah. They will reach the hawd, but then they will be prevented from drinking and they'll be taken away from it. Can you imagine that? Imagine following Rasulullah to his fountain and you can see it. And you can smell it. 
and it looks so beautiful in a time where you're extremely thirsty and then you come to drink and then Allah orders the malaika to drag you away. Who are these people? Two types of people. The first is the murtad. The one who leaves Islam. He is prevented from the hawl, no doubt. The second is every innovator. Every person of bid'ah. And this is a severe warning from innovation. This punishment in itself is enough for a Muslim to be cautious from bid'ah and innovation. And when the Prophet ﷺ asks about them because he witnesses these people get dragged away from his hawd and Nabi ﷺ does not know why. So he asks and he says, these are from my ummah. Why are they being dragged away? So then it is said to the Prophet ﷺ, they did not cease leaving the religion turning on their heels after you. That's regarding the murtad. They did not stop leaving Islam. And regarding the mubtadi'ah, it is said you do not know what they introduced into the religion after you. This is the danger of bid'ah and the danger of innovation. So everyone who innovates into the religion, like the Mu'tazila and the Khawarij and the Shia and the Jahmiya, and everyone who follows their ways upon misguidance, they will be driven away from the hold. What does this tell us, my dear brothers? The only ones who drink from the hold are the ones who adhere to the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The ones who fear innovation. The ones who do not introduce innovations into the religion. They are the only ones that will be saved. As for the rest, the Rafida, the Mu'tazila, the Shia, the Sufiya, and whoever else, if they even reach the Hawd, They'll be driven away. What an honor for you. What an honor for you who follows the sunnah. What an honor for you who does not innovate in Islam. But this is no doubt a blessing. And we ask Allah to make us from them. So every innovator is prevented from drinking from the fountain, likewise the one who abandons his religion. No one will reach the hold and drink from it except the people of Iman who were firmly established upon true belief in this world and died upon that. They will be of those who reach the hold and will drink from it such that they will never be thirsty afterwards. And that is the Prophet wasallam's fountain. So everyone who clings to the Prophet ﷺ's sunnah in this life and acts upon it, 
they will reach his hold on the day of judgment and drink from it. As for those who turn away from the Prophet sunnah, introducing newly invented matters or even leaving the religion in totality, these people will be turned away and prevented from the fountain at a time when their need for water will be most severe. Like we said, it will be a very hot day, but they will be refused. The third station in the Akhirah, or the third matter related to the Akhirah, is the weighing of the deeds on the scale. The scales. Allah has spoken about the Mizan. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has spoken about the Mizan. And the author, rahimahullah, he said, or the scales. And this scale, my brothers and sisters, it is a real scale. It has two sides. And things are placed on the scale. The good deeds will be placed in one pan, and the evil deeds will be placed in the other. As Allah Azza wa Jal says, فَمَنْ ثَقُلَتْ مَوَازِينُهُ فَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الْمُفْلِحُونَ وَمَنْ خَفَّتْ مَوَازِينُهُ فَأُولَٰئِكَ الَّذِينَ خَسِرُوا أَنفُسَهُمْ فِي جَهَنَّمَ خَالِدُونَ And the verses are many. Allah Azza wa Jal says, Then those whose scale of good deeds are heavy, they are the successful. If your scale of amal, if your good deeds goes down, they are the successful. And those whose scales of good deeds are light, meaning they're too light, they stay up and the other side goes down, they are the ones who lose their own selves and they will abide in hellfire. For the scale is haq, my dear brothers. And it is a real scale. It is not a metaphoric. It is not a metaphor. It is real. And there's many verses that Allah has mentioned regarding this. So the good deeds will be placed in a pan and the bad deeds will be placed in the other. And then whichever one is greater in weight, he will receive his recompense according to the one that weighs heavier. And this is from Allah's justice. That he does not wrong anyone. Allah does not oppress he judges according to your actions. Rather, Allah rewards and punishes the people according to their actions. The Sheikh says, and it is a real scale. The Mu'tazila, once again, they said it is not an actual scale. The Mu'tazila, just like everything else in the religion, they reject or they manipulate or they twist and change. They said it's not a real scale, but rather it is a metaphor, meaning the establishment of justice between the slaves. They said the scale is not a real scale, but rather what it means is that Allah brings justice between the ibad. Look how subhanAllah they openly reject and oppose the verses of the Qur'an and the sunnah. And they have no proof for this, except their corrupt intellects. Because once again, my brothers and sisters, remember the people of innovation, 
when they reject verses or hadiths, if they openly reject them or they change their meanings to other than what they actually mean, it's because in their mind what is mentioned does not make sense for it to exist. That's what they say. So if you ask the Mu'tazila, for example, why don't you accept it as a real scale? And why do you say that it's the establishment of justice? They say because it doesn't make sense to the intellect that it's a real scale. So what did they do? They let the intellect be the judge rather than the Qur'an and the Sunnah. And their intellect is filthy. There's no doubt about that. This is how they rejected many things in the deen, including Allah's names and his attributes. So they denied the scale because they did not see the scale. Again, they struggled to believe in the unseen. They do not believe in the unseen, the Sheikh says, and this is no doubt from the harm of depending upon one's intellect. That's why, my brothers and sisters, in Islam, we do not rely on intellect when it comes to deen. We rely on the sources, the Qur'an and the Sunnah. The Sheikh says, yes, the intellect can direct you to good things, but it should never be made the scale. The intellect is never the scale. Because if we were to put the intellect as the scale, whose intellect? Mine or yours? Your intellect is different to mine. That's why this is very dangerous. So when a person prefers the intellect over the Qur'an and the Sunnah, it becomes very easy for them to reject the Qur'an and the Sunnah. How many people out of ignorance or out of deviance they hear something from Allah or the Rasul وسلم, and then they say, I can't accept that, that doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. So you reject the verse or the hadith because in your mind it doesn't make sense. It's very dangerous. That's what led the Mu'tazila to be the Mu'tazila. Whatever does not agree with the intellect, they reject. Does not make sense. It's not befitting or whatever else they say. No, my dear brothers and sisters, your source is the Qur'an and the Sunnah. Regardless if you understand or don't, we say, سَمِعْنَا وَأَطَعْنَا So the true believer does not rely on his own intellect. And it is true that the intellect can point you to some things, however, that is not in all cases. There are things which the intellect cannot grasp. There are things the intellect cannot grasp. The matters of the unseen cannot be grasped by the intellect. That's why when it comes to the matters of the unseen, سَمِعْنَا وَأَطَعْنَا We hear, we obey, and we leave it. Because the intellect cannot grasp it. Is that brother praying? Someone direct him to the Qibla. So your intellect should not be used to render a judgment in matters of the unseen. However, authentic evidences should be the only thing relied upon. 
So this is why the Mu'tazila deny it being a real scale. And according to their false methodology, they deny that which they cannot see with their own eyes or they misinterpret it contrary to its true meaning. But they do not deny the word scale because it's mentioned in the Quran. They say, yeah, there is a scale, but it's not a real scale. This is the shiftiness of the Mu'tazila. So the scale, my dear brothers and sisters, it is truth. And our actions will be weighed on the scale. And whoever's good deeds outweigh the evil deeds has won. But one thing that is important for us to understand is that it is not only your deeds that are weighed on the scale. This scale... It weighs other things. It's not only your, your deeds, your good or evil deeds. No, there's other things that get weighed. And this is proven in the sunnah of Rasulullah For example, your actions. Your actions get weighed on the scale also. Not just your hasanat and sayyat, but also your actual deeds. Your actual actions. And the proof for that is the hadith in Bukhari. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said two words. Kalimatan khafifatani ala lisan habibatani ila rahman faqilatani fil mizan. Two words which are light on the tongue and they are beloved to the Rahman, the most merciful, and they are heavy on the scale. Subhanallah wa bihamdi, subhanallah al-azim. Those two words are heavy on the scale. That shows that when you say those words, they're going to be put on the scale. In another hadith, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Alhamdulillah tamla al-mizan. The word alhamdulillah fuels the scale. How beautiful is that word? Praising Allah. It's so beautiful and Allah loves it so much. He allows it to fuel your scale. So be constant in alhamdulillah. So we've established that the hasanat and the sayyat get weighed. And also the deeds get weighed. And believe it or not, my dear brothers and sisters, even the person gets put on that scale. You. The person is weighed on the scale. And there's Qur'an verses that prove this and a hadith. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Qur'an, He says the day we will give them no weight. Wait for what? For the scale. A person will have no weight. And in the hadith, Al-Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, He said, a huge, big man will be brought on the Day of Judgment. Look, a huge, big man. That's the, that's the actual wording. He described him as Azim and Samin. Azim means huge. A man will come on the Day of Judgment 
He is huge and samin, meaning big. Many people today fit this description. But the Prophet said, He will come on the Day of Judgment and he will not weigh in the eyes of Allah the wing of a mosquito. Allahu Akbar. My dear brothers and sisters, you want to be as heavy as you can be. Huh? In the dunya, we jump on that scale, we start stressing. We don't want to get big. We want to keep our figure. want to lose weight. Yeah, that's in the dunya. In the next life, you better pray to Allah Azza wa Jal that you are very heavy. A person will come, huge, big, and he will not weigh in the eyesight of Allah. Not even a whole mosquito, Allahu Akbar. A wing of a mosquito. Why? Because he's empty. He's empty from Iman. He's empty from Islam. So he has no weight. But the believer, the mu'min is heavy. He's put on the scale and he's heavy. In the hadith, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu ta'ala anhu arda. And who is Abdullah? Abdullah ibn Mas'ud was from the greatest of the companions and from the most knowledgeable of them. He himself said, there is not a single verse in the Qur'an except I asked Rasulullah about it. So how much knowledge does he have? Huge knowledge. This companion, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, as the hadith mentions, there was a day where he was up climbing a palm tree and he was collecting the dates. And as he was collecting the dates, his legs got exposed, his legs were showing. And he had very skinny legs, radiallahu anhu. <clears throat> so the Sahaba that were down and they were watching, they started to laugh. And they look how skinny Abdullah ibn Mas'ud's legs are. So they were laughing. They weren't mocking him, but it was just something funny. So then the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa he said to them, he said, are you laughing at Ibn Mas'ud's legs? And they said, yes, Ya Rasulullah. He said, by Allah, they are heavier on the scale, on the Day of Judgment, than the mountain of Uhud. Allahu Akbar. This is Iman. Some people are empty. And in this dunya they're empty because they have no deen or they lack deen. The less deen a person has, the more empty he is. You speak to a jahil, a Muslim, who's off the rails and almost all the time they will tell you, I feel empty. Why do you think that is? Because nothing fills you up except Iman. 
Nothing gives you value except Iman. Nothing makes you an honorable person except Iman. Nothing else, my dear brothers and sisters. It's not wealth. It's not status. It's not physical strength. You have people pumping iron all their life. You look at them seven, eight foot, Allahumma barik. His traps are up to his head. But in the akhirah, it's empty. Just like that hadith. Nothing gives you value except your deen. That's the only thing. So the closer you get to Allah Azza wa Jal, the more value you have as a person. And the further you are away from Allah, the more empty you will always remain. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us value in the dunya and in the akhirah. Inshallah we'll continue with the next part of the book, which is speaking about the people of Eid being removed from the hellfire. The Muslims that get punished and then they are removed from the hellfire. Wallahu a'lam wa sallallahu wa sallam wa barak ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. This program was presented by Al Bayan Radio, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah.